Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Pre-Med Perspectives. Um, it's Vigie here today, and I'm here with a really special guest, uh, Malcolm Chapman, or you might see him on Instagram, better known as at the Black Chap. You'll also see him on TikTok at, at Doc Chap. He's actually almost at 30K followers. So Malcolm is in an MD MBA program at UNC, and um, we're really excited to have him here today to talk kind of more about his work serving um, underserved communities and talking about his experience with that. So with that, um, Malcolm, um, please introduce yourself to our guests. Yeah, for sure. Vigi, thanks for having me. Um, I, you know, have, have always sort of kept my eye on what's going on on Instagram and saw you all pop up. And so I'm, I'm glad to be able to speak a little bit to y'all's community, um, just about my journey, which you know, in a few short words, I am a guy from Jacksonville, Florida, born and raised, went to undergrad, you know, started off mechanical engineering major and switched to biomedical science, ultimately ended up sort of on a path that was leading me towards medicine and research and found myself at the NIH, um, working specifically at the National Institute on Aging. Um, and that sort of carried through medical school. I've now ended up at UNC, which has been great. Um, and through those experiences, you know, I've gotten more aging research and done a lot just with mentoring and trying to bring together the things that I care about into sort of how I approach medicine. And ultimately now getting the MBA, like you mentioned at UNC, um, planning to use that to get into more of a administrative role, something in a hospital system or a healthcare system so that I can try and sort of continue carrying my passions through, taking care of a lot of people um, and focusing more on the broad strokes of medicine that normal everyday people are gonna interact with uh, more regularly. So thanks for having me. Uh, the pleasure is all ours. Um, and Malcolm, that was a really um, well-spoken introduction, but now that you've mentioned something, I want to ask you about it. What made you switch from mechanical engineering to, you know, the pre-med track? That's kind of a large shift. Yeah, I would put it simply as the math. The math is what immediately struck me. Um, I got to the University of Central Florida, saw my schedule, and really had to kind of think about it like, is this what I want to do? You know, I found myself questioning like, am I doing this engineering thing because I want to do it or because I was told it's like a good path? Um, and so ultimately I sort of cooled off on that and ended up switching over to biomed, which I saw as like a, a chance to really focus on how things work still, but then focusing on how they work within the human body, which, you know, just felt very applicable to me um, and a better fit now I'm pretty sure. Oh that's glad that um, I'm glad that you were able to you know recognize that maybe this wasn't the field for you when you were pursuing engineering and you know find something that really did suit your passions a little better. So going with that um, how did you first kind of get experience you know in the medical field? I know you were talking that you worked a lot with underserved communities so um, maybe you can talk about that as well. Yeah. So, you know, I think that sort of starts with me being from Jacksonville. You know, I 
like to give credit because I sort of came up around a lot of community figures. I mean, both of my parents are pretty involved in the community, specifically like the black community here in Jacksonville. So I was constantly interacting with people who had things to say about, you know, what I could aspire to and so forth and what other people all over the country, all over the world were dealing with. Um, so when I got to my undergraduate, you know, medicine and the pre-med life comes with a few boxes that you're supposed to check, you know, just that's what everyone agrees on. And so, you know, while I was involved in, we had a pre-med club at our uh, university that was called MAPS, which is sort of like the precursor to um, SNMA at the med school level. So we were going out in the community and going into schools. I was also part of like the honors college at UCF. So we went into a kindergarten classroom, which was supposed to be geared towards like schools that were under-resourced. And I was teaching these students about financial literacy, which is one of those things that, you know, you see, I think it's about twice as often, um, twice the frequency you'll see higher resource schools, places where people have a larger average income, they get double the financial literacy education. So just trying to start with these kids super early because this is the stuff that's gonna govern how they go about picking colleges, you know, how they decide like, should I take loans or should I not take loans or should I do community college? Like what financially makes sense? So it started there um, and then through you know, opportunities at the time and, you know, speaking with people around campus, I heard about the chance to work with um, Florida State University. Keep in mind, I was in school at UCF, so I was kind of not sure how I was going to be working with a school that's hundreds of miles away, but it turns out they had a branch campus um, and they were coming into the city of Orlando in order to expand their program, which was the U-Stride program. It's geared towards you know, finding students who have what their teachers recognize as potential to really have uh, strong careers. I mean, these are kids with either good grades or their teachers seeing like this kid has something special um, and they are fortunate enough to get picked and get sort of uh, the pre-SAT sort of guidance, those things. Um, and so I ended up working with that program for two and a half years while I was an undergrad, working with like middle schoolers and also working with 10th and 11th graders who, you know, I, I mentored all the way through the time that they finished high school, which was really cool. Um, and now that experience has something, has been something that's constantly come up, you know, whether that's during my med school interviews years ago or during interviews that I'm doing now for business school internships, um, it's something that at the time was, let me get out here and give back to the place that I'm at. And now it's become a huge part of sort of what I see myself as, which is a mentor and someone who, no matter where I'm at, tries to make sure that that community is benefiting from me and I'm benefiting from the experiences of the people in that community. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like a really um, meaningful experience. I like how even when you were younger, you know, you had those, you know, role models in your life that allowed you to, you know, start working with the underserved community earlier. And then you continued that in 
undergrad and the fact that you were able to, you know, work with these students and, you know, follow their journey as you also grew, that's, that's a really cool experience because you can see, you know, their success. And obviously that would, you know, that's like a, you know, special feeling to know that you were able to help them um, along those journeys. And I think it's really interesting that you were teaching financial literacy. It seems like a really young age, like to start talking about that in elementary and middle school. But um, it's really true that sometimes those populations don't receive that type of education. And so I think that was really unique that you were able to provide that. I'm sure that also kind of connects to your, you know, business interest with the MBA as well. So you kind of, you know, incorporated all of that. For sure, for sure. Um, it all sort of, in retrospect has come together um, where at the time I definitely didn't see it as, you know, something that was going to influence decisions later on, but yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I think that's a really unique and um, pretty amazing opportunity that you had and that you really continued with. Yeah. And the MBA, especially, I mean, that's I definitely go into more, but you know, one of those experiences of being in the hospital, being on rotations and, you know, understanding that there's sort of a front of the house and a back of the house, like a restaurant, like, and the front of the house is made up of all these healthcare workers who are trying to take care of their patients and make sure that people make it into and out of the hospital um, safely. And then you've got the back of the house where information flows and that information has to move through administration, it has to move through billing, people has to move through insurance. And so we get all this education on the front of the house. And, you know, you feel really empowered when you can tell someone what's wrong with their body and treat it. But, you know, I always felt like I was sort of at a disadvantage as, you know, someone who wants to make this my career um, and ultimately one day help sort of run that operation, not understanding how the back of the house worked like why was it that we were afraid to accidentally open up like this package that's sitting on the table because it would cost tens of thousands of dollars like why does it cost that much you know how can we sort of change what we do so that people you know understand how the machine of medicine the institution of medicine works um and i think that's super relevant today so i could talk about that all day but yeah, no, I get what you're saying because there is so much else that is a part of medicine. Like there's that, again, like I like your analogy with the front of the house, the back of the house, the front of the house is, you know, maybe the actual medicine side of it. And then the back of the house, you have so many different, I guess, like hoops to jump through and like technicalities with insurance, billing, and, you know, all like the legal and ethical restrictions. So, um, I think that's really unique that you're, you know, educating yourself on both sides of medicine. Right, right. And, um, you know, one of the things you mentioned, teaching financial literacy to those little kids, I would be lying if I said that I didn't think the same thing at the time. Like I was shocked when I walked in and they're like, yeah, so you're going to be speaking with kindergartners. Because I thought, you know, can, what was I doing in kindergarten? I was taking naps and like eating snacks. So you know, sitting there. That's relatable for sure. <laughs> like trying to teach these kids like the relative value of something, I think is something that actually worked and something that surprised me. Like kids can understand that 
one thing can be worth more than another. Um, and so they're just getting into sort of that abstract thought, but if you can get it to them early and make it something that they hear regularly, it makes them better off in the future. So that, that was meaningful, much more so in retrospect. Yeah, I'm sure. So I'm kind of continuing with that. Were you able to continue with that kind of work in med school or how does it work that, you know, now also that you're in business school? So, you know, how are you able to continue those activities if, if you were? Yeah. So I think one of the great things about med school has been that I've been able to continue doing all the stuff I cared about, which, you know, definitely when I was a pre-med hearing from med students and doctors saying, you know, med school, you need to just keep your head down, get in those books, like all the normal stuff. But I think there's definitely opportunity. And I see constantly how community sort of influences the learning you do. So when I got to UNC, I mean, I immediately signed up for a bunch of clubs and ended up going with a few that I really thought, you know, meant something to me. One of which was like our minority men in medicine group, um, which was a subset of SNMA, um, which is Student National Minority Association, Student National Medical Association. Um, and so through minority men in medicine, we went to an elementary school in the area um, that, you know, was deemed underserved, you know, what that meant exactly. I'm not sure in the case of that school, um, but I do know that we were working with mostly, you know, minority populations. And what we were there for was just to sort of connect these kids with all the things they could do in the future. So it wasn't even strictly medicine, you know, we brought in like a guy who designed his own clothes. We brought in various people from the community who could speak on, you know, sort of being an entrepreneur. And of course we gave them talks about medicine too, but I mean, half of the day was spent doing that. Half of the day was spent just being around the kids while they did their after school work or playing outside, things like that. So really just being a presence. And I mean, that was while I was in Chapel Hill. Um, and then the following year I ended up going to Charlotte. So we do one and a half years of preclinical and then we go to a branch campus or stay in Chapel Hill. So I went to Charlotte because I prefer sort of the urban environment, you know, the populations that you see in the urban environment, um, working with people who are gonna be coming from sort of all over. Charlotte's a hub um, of business for sure, but also people are coming from you know, different countries, you have refugees, you have people who are just getting into America. So it's definitely a different, um, different set of populations that you encounter in Charlotte versus Chapel Hill. Um, so working in the community there meant something different. And for me, that was, you know, how do I somehow show the students that are here, like, what they can do in medicine. And I was fortunate enough to find a program called Patch um, that was run by UNC med students um, and became one of the leaders for that. And that was in order to get sophomore high school students into the hospital that I was working at so that they could shadow, so that they could learn about research. And it was like an eight week program um, that we planned um, sort of independent of the school itself, just working with like one administrator um, and we, we were able to give, you know, 20 something students the 
chance to do that. And these are all kids from Title I high schools. So, you know, schools that are not necessarily um, well-resourced, you know, kids working with old books, that sort of thing. Um, and take them out of that environment and put them into the place that they aspire to be, um, which is in healthcare in some fashion. I really appreciate now that, you know, I'm hearing about all of your different experiences, how you really kind of had like a theme where you knew exactly, um, you know, what was meaningful to you and what was meaningful to the community. Like even working with, you know, earlier in med school, like the minority in med association, and then, you know, going to those schools and, you know, like you were saying, even just being present, you're showing those kids that, you know, all of this is possible. And then again, continuing with your work with, you know, more underserved populations, you know, even refugees and things like that with your rotations in Charlotte, and then also with Patch, also helping those kids who may not have had those opportunities to, you know, witness medicine like that, get those opportunities. So I, you know, I, I really like how you kind of, you know, your activities kind of relate in a way, but, you know, obviously different, but it shows really what you are passionate about. And that's like that mentorship in medicine. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely consider myself fortunate to have been brought into an opportunity early on that showed me what I liked. Um, and, you know, whenever I'm speaking with pre-med students or high school students, I tell them to do that, you know, take risks on opportunities. Um, if someone sort of calls you to an opportunity, um, which has happened multiple times in my case, you know, take it because maybe they see something in you that works well with that. Um, and in my case, you know, that was having someone who was like, you know, I think you could mentor these high school students. And then later on, it was my mentor at UNC being like, I think you could lead this minority men in medicine group, um, you should go speak with this person. Um, and that has always sort of been important is taking people at their word that they may see something in you that you don't necessarily see in yourself at that moment. So I, I definitely have come to appreciate that and how that sort of helped me um, in finding those passions. Mm, no, that makes a lot of sense. Like you know, jumping at the opportunities that are presented to you. And, you know, if someone reaches out to you and said, you know, I think that you'd be really, you know, good for this position or, you know, good at this opportunity, you know, taking those in. That's something that, you know, we can all learn from you, just, you know, putting yourself out there and getting involved in those different activities and pursuing your passions. For sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. So um, with that, we've kind of reached the end of today's podcast. But before we conclude, um, Malcolm, I just want to say, like, if you had, you know, one tip for um, our listeners, like, you know, one significant tip, what what would you say? If I had to share one thing with listeners, especially those who are pre-med or thinking about a role in healthcare, it would be to really try and get in there, but get in there with a mission, get in there with some simple fact that's driving you. I think it's much easier to justify the amount of work it's going to take, no matter what area of healthcare you go into. There's plenty of people on the medical side, but there's also plenty of people on the business, legal, all the things that you mentioned. Um, and all of that requires 
an immense amount of personal drive. So if you can find what drives you um, through opportunities, through volunteering, through research, just finding something simple, like in my case, you know, mentoring, um, then you can always have something to go back to, to energize or to, you know, reinvigorate yourself when you're on your journey. So that would be my one piece for everyone out there. Well, um, thank you, Malcolm. That's actually a really good piece of advice. And so um, I'm really glad that you shared that with our listeners. And um, thank you again so much for, um, you know, coming on our podcast today and sharing your experiences. Again, make sure to follow Malcolm at um, the Black Chap on Instagram and at Doc Chap on TikTok. He's almost at 30K followers. So um, let's get him there. And um, Malcolm, thank you again. And uh, good luck with the rest of your um, medical journey. I'm sure that you will be extremely successful in whichever specialty that you pursue. Viji, thank you. I really enjoy being one um, and would encourage anyone who wants to talk or wants advice or guidance, feel free to reach out on any of those social media platforms. Yes, of course. Well, um, yeah, definitely listeners reach out to um, Malcolm if you do have any questions or inspired by his work. And with that, you know, in general, you know, reach out to anyone if you want to know more, because again, like Malcolm said, like you have to take those opportunities and, you know, put yourself out there. And so again, everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode and we'll see you next week at the pre-med perspectives.